I'm very happy. Had a nice big breakfast of pancakes and bacon and eggs with the neighbors. Richmond Street knows. We're doing Sunday morning right. If I'm moving a little slow, that's why as well. But good morning to you. This has been, this has been a summer. It's been great in many ways. It's been challenging in many ways. And today we wrap up our summer series, rightly so, in a 59-degree morning that we had. But we're wrapping up our series, Treasuring God. We started off this series with this thought. Let's end it with this, with this thought. We are what we treasure. We are what we treasure. I want you to think about this summer. What you've invested your time in. What you've thought about. What you've dreamt about. What you've worried about. Where has that brought you? Where has that taken you? We are what we treasure. And that's not just a summertime thought, but it's, it's all year round, amen? We began nine weeks ago. It's a little bit of a long series for us, isn't it? Nine weeks, this has been a, it's been a good one. And we've explored what it means to spend time, to spend our summer focusing on treasuring God. There's a lot of things you can focus on in a summer in the church. We've done a lot of different things throughout the years getting out, reaching out, sharing our faith. It's a little bit different to spend summertime, let's talk about our feelings. Let's dive into scripture. Let's go to the Psalms and let us live. Isn't that a little bit different? Maybe, maybe it's me. But, you know, we've given the platform of a Sunday message over to the Psalms. And we've given it over to our communal voice as well. And I believe God has blessed that this summer. We've talked about treasuring creation, treasuring the church, treasuring vulnerability, treasuring devotion, treasuring the shepherd, treasuring the word, treasuring hope, and treasuring the cross. These are not common topics of discussion for summertime in, in churches. I was talking to a friend of mine who goes to a church where they literally watch movies and have lessons based on movies, which is cool. But that's, this is not the typical move for a summertime church. We've done something a little different because we're navigating new terrain. Yeah. And I don't think we knew that going into the summer, but God did. Yeah. And he's been preparing the way for us. I want us to know that and to see that this morning. I cannot reiterate that enough. This series truly has been arranged by God in its timing and in its delivery. So as always here, the Wichita Church of Christ... When we, end in a, when, when we end a series, we say it isn't really over, right? Our series never end. You cannot leave these ideas within the box of a nice Sunday morning. <laughs> Instead, we are all on the hook to consider the poetry of the Psalms and the spirit-filled insights of our dear brothers and sisters as we move forward in love together. So today, we sit on Psalm 90, the first six verses of that psalm, particularly, as we consider treasuring the eternal. 
Let's go there now. If you want to turn to Psalm 90, you can, or you can listen. I'll be reading from the NIV. In Psalm 90, verse 1, Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam, ye people of dirt. For in your insight, for, for in your sight, a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, like a few hours of the night. You end their lives, they sleep. They're like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows. By evening it withers and dries up. All right, Ethan, why, why this depressing psalm? Okay, we're talking about our mortality. No, we're talking about God's, God's, God's immortality. I don't know if that's even the right word. But his eternal nature. In our context, you know, something I've strived to do every morning, every Sunday morning with us throughout the summer is I'm trying to put us in the context of the scriptures. What we're dealing with, what we're going through, naming things, naming what's going on, what we're feeling, what I'm feeling, and putting ourselves in those scriptures. But this psalm does something different. It reminds us of our context before God, who we are as, as, as people, as humans, that we can so easily lose sight of. Psalm 90 is known as something, it's called a psalm of communal trust. What a way to end this series. A poem about, a poem about communal trust. Perfect in, t- in its timing. Its authorship has been credited to Moses. Making it, if it derives from Moses, this is probably the oldest psalm in the Bible. The oldest psalm, at least in the book of Psalms. And if so, it was likely created during the wanderings in the wilderness by Moses. So what we have presented before us in Psalm 90 is a prayer to God, formed with language meant for a community of people to express together, and birthed in a time of great transition, suffering, and testing. No, it's not really irrelevant or irrelevant, is it? No. I think maybe these words are perfect for us this morning. What it focuses its attention on its eternal nature of our creator. What is, what, what's going on here? Well, lucky for us, our dear brother, Mark Johnson, is going to share with us his insights into this psalm. Mark has kind of become our unofficial closer to sermon series <laughs> due to his gift of summarizing content in incredibly relatable and easy to understand ways. Mark grew up here. Not North America, not Kansas, but here in this faith community. 
He matured from childhood to adulthood to fatherhood here in this body. And out of anyone, he absolutely is positioned to claim ownership within the Wichita Church of Christ if he wanted to. Dig his heels in if he wanted to when things get tough. He could play that card of, ne- of living nearly his entire life within this community. But he doesn't. Rather, in humility, he keeps an eternal perspective on God's workings here in Wichita. Anybody that knows Mark knows that. So therefore, we have an opportunity before us to hear some wisdom from someone uniquely positioned within our own community. So let's open our hearts, ears, and Bibles as we welcome Mark up to share. Morning, church. I appreciate that way overindulgence of who I am. Uh, but it is great to be here this morning with you guys. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a unique situation this morning in that, you know, as Ethan sh- shared, we've been going through this series all summer, and I haven't been in here. Um, so actually, you know, me and my wife and the Taylors and uh, Misty and Madison, we actually just finished up a, a teaching rotation with the kids, which has been great, and it's been an incredible time. But it's kind of a unique thing where I've actually been listening to these like after the fact, you know, so I haven't been able to experience these messages necessarily with you, but it's been really cool just to hear um, what's being shared um, with you guys um, every week. And, and what's been really neat um, is just being able to, to see different people's perspectives, right? We've, we've been able to hear people who normally don't maybe come up here and talk and they get to share their perspective on all these different topics that we've talked about. And I think that's, that's very special. And I, I really hope that it has... Um, opened you up to, hey, we have some great knowledge here in the church. We have some great insight of people here in the church, and maybe I should tap into that a little bit. There's some people that have some great insight into God's Word, um, and so I hope it's, it's spurred conversation um, within the church around these, these different topics. Uh, I also agree with Ethan that this, that this has been very timely um, when we talk about treasuring all these different things. Um, I won't read them again, but we'll actually look at them here in a minute. Um, but I would highly encourage you to go out and, and re-listen to these sermons, right? We have them on our website. If you're a podcast person, you can go to Apple Podcasts and work, you can find our church there. And, you can, and I would encourage you to go back and re-listen to these messages because there's some really great things in there about what it means to treasure really who God is and what he's given us and, um, and what that really means for our lives and what we need right now. You know, when we talk about treasuring the eternal, when you hear the word eternal, um, it can maybe bring up a lot of different imagery depending on where you're coming from. If you're looking at modern culture, it may be something like immortal things, right? Um, we just had a movie last year from Marvel called The Eternals, and, and there's just this imagery of things that last and, you know, and... and um, maybe if you're looking at it from maybe more from a religious standpoint, you may be thinking about, oh, heaven, we're going to talk about heaven. You know, that's, that's eternal. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about today, because while heaven is an amazing thing, and we all are definitely want to be there, <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's something more powerful than just thinking about heaven and treasuring what heaven may be like. And so that's not what the psalm talks about, right? So let's, go ahead, let's turn back over to Psalm 90.
Again, it says, Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam, for in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, like a few hours of the night. You end their lives and they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows, and by evening it withers and drives and dries up. Right, the, the first part of this psalm lays out a contrast, right, of who we are versus who God is. Right? That God is the eternal, that He's always been. He's the creator of everything. That He uh, made us, and yet in contrast, we are literally like grass that grows up overnight and then dies. Right? And so when we, now we can look at that and be depressed, (laughs) or we can look at that and say, no, that's who God is. That is what is eternal. That's what matters. Right? Because our lives are so short. Our lives in the scope of the universe mean absolutely nothing. But God is eternal. Right, I believe that, that God, throughout the scriptures, has tried to impress upon us, what do you treasure? And I want to, I want to spend a few minutes here talking about what does that mean to treasure something, right? When we talk about treasuring things, the, the Bible talks a lot about Where your heart is, that's where you're going to spend your time, your energy, and your efforts. That's where your life is going to be directed based on what you treasure. Over in uh, Matthew 6, 21, right, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, the context of that, uh, that, that whole chapter is talking about where you put your heart, where you spend your time, where you store things up in your life, that's what matters to you. That's what's most important to you. It doesn't matter what you say is important to you. What you do, where you spend your time, where you spend your energy, that is what you truly treasure. So let's go ahead and pull up um, the list of words, the, the, the topics again. And I want you guys to look at that list, and I want to uh, and just listen for a minute as you're looking at those. To treasure means to hold or keep as precious, to honor, appreciate, cherish, preserve, worship, adore, revere. When you look at that list and when we talk about treasuring God, those are the words that you can relate to in your life. Can you say, yep, that's how I I feel and interact with all of these things, that that's what I truly treasure? Do you truly treasure what is truly eternal? Because we should, right? I mean, again, this is the creator. He made us. This should be no problem. Right? We should have no problem saying, God, you have my everything. You made me. I'm all in. Let's go. Right? I mean, that's, that should be our natural response because we're creation. We should be worshiping our creator. Right? But we're so easily distracted. 
right? There's so many things that can pull us and, 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 and uh, get us to focus on something else, challenges in life, hardships, relational challenges, whatever it may be. There's so many things that are vying for our attention and our focus. How many times do we say things like, oh, I'm just so busy. I just, you know, I just don't have time right now. I'm just, I got so much going on. I, I'm, man, just my job or my family or whatever, right? We say that so many times. I don't even think we realize how much we say that. But we don't say that about the things we treasure, right? The things that we really love, we have no problem canceling an appointment or, you know, doing something else, saying, I'm going to get to that other thing later because, man, this is what I want to do. This is my thing, and, I'm, uh, you know, we have no problem investing our time, our energy, our money into those things because it's just easy because, man, that's where, that's, where, that's where our heart is, and we're just so quick to do that. So why, why then is that not God in our lives? Why so often is that a, such a struggle? And I think we see, if we're going to go ahead and read the rest of this psalm, because I think there's a warning in there in the rest of this psalm about what it means when we do lose that focus. So let's go ahead and continue on in Psalm 90. Starting in verse 7. For we are consumed by your anger. We are terrified by your wrath. You have set our unjust ways before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days ebb away under your wrath. We end our years like a sigh. Our lives last 70 years, or if we are strong, 80 years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Your wrath matches the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts, Lord. How long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us for as many years as we have been, or we have seen adversity, let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish us the work of your hands. Establish the work of our hands. So this psalm isn't exactly uplifting all the way through. It's a bit challenging, right? But there's a warning here, right? We, as, as Ethan was sharing, you know, this is most likely um, a psalm from Moses or written during Moses' time. And clearly this is a time uh, where things are difficult, right? And they're, they're, they're struggling with, God, what's going on? This is so hard. Why is this so hard? But they also at the very beginning acknowledge, yes, we, we blew it. Our sins are before you. Even the secret sins we don't want to talk about, God, you see them all. You are God. But please make this stop. <laughs> this is hard. Right? And, and I think what we see here is that, that struggle that we all deal with. Right? Of 
we should just naturally run to God. We, this should be no issue for us, just to run to God and say, yep, I'm here, I'm going to worship you 100%, you have my everything, and yet we do stumble and fall. We do fail. We hurt God, we hurt each other, we find our places in places that we never wanted to be. And it hurts, and it's hard. But I like how this psalm wraps up, where it says, God, I know, though, that you're the one that can bring that joy back. You're the one that can bring that refreshing back. You're the one, if we turn to you, God, we know that you're the one that can make our days better. While, while on our own, it's basically sorrow. It says that the best days are terrible <laughs> when we do this on our own. But, God, we know with you, though, you can bring back the joy. You can bring back what we're missing. And so, you know, if we think about relationships, right, because that's really what we're talking about, because it would, you know, it'd be one thing if we said, okay, well, yeah, there's God, and he's out there, and and we need to worship him, but what God really wants from this, though, is a relationship, because that's the other thing that's powerful about this psalm, is we see that battle of relationship. This relationship has been broken between the psalmist and God, or Israel and God. That this is about relationship. It's not just about honoring some nebulous being out there who just kind of controls everything and created everything. No, this is about a a relationship with our creator that we get to have a personal connection with him. But we get to see the, the, the challenge in that relationship, right? I mean, we all have relationships of some kind, right? Whether it's people in here, whether we're, we're married or whatever it is, we have conflict in relationship. We have challenging times where we don't see eye to eye or we hurt each other or we say, we say things we shouldn't have said and we break relationship or the relationship gets fractured. And what we see here is a struggle of getting back to unity with God. There's honoring God at the beginning and say, God, I know who you are. God, I know that you are all-powerful. God, I know you are eternal, and that's where my heart should be. But you know what? I've blown it. We've been in sin, and this is rough. And we see this expression of frustration. God, where are you? Why is this so hard? We see expression of emotion, right? And I think that's, what, that's what's so powerful about our relationship with God is we get to be real with God. When we talk about treasuring the eternal, this is not just treasuring, again, some nebulous being, but no, this is treasuring a relationship. We get to focus and we get to express ourselves to God, and he absolutely wants to hear that. He wants to have that relationship with us, and he wants to be close to us. And that's what we see towards the end is, God, I know that when I'm back with you, when I turn my heart back to you, that's when I get to get that connection again. Because we know what that feels like, right? Whether it's right after we get baptized or, or different times in our life where we have that time of refreshing that it's like, okay, this is what I've been missing. That connection, that peace, that comfort, that I know that no matter what happens, I know that God's there and we can feel that refuge and that safety. And that's what it means when we talk about treasuring God and treasuring the eternal is reconciling those relationships because we all fail, all the time. And we are constantly having to go back to God saying, okay, God, I blew it. I want to reconnect. I want to reconcile. 
you know, in, in preparing uh, my thoughts this morning, um, it was difficult, just to be honest. I felt that sting of repentance in my own life of, uh, I'm not sure I should be preaching this sermon, <laughs> because I can definitely see times, even recently, that there's been challenges, and, and my heart is not, okay, God, let's go. It's, no, I can do this. Let me figure out a solution. Let me figure out how to get out of this problem, or let me you know, deal with this situation on my own, or what do I need to do to fix this is typically what runs through my head is, well, what do I, I need to, I feel, what do I, um, and it's not, God help me. It's not, it's not running to my father saying, please, I need your help. But I appreciate you know, I appreciated Ethan, you know, asked me to, to, to do this one because I do feel like this is an opportunity for all of us, right, to say, okay, times, we've had a difficult summer. Let's just be real, right? We've had some challenges in our own family here that are hard. They're painful. There's uncertainty. There's opportunities for fear. But we've also been able to hear every week, no, no, these are the things we should be treasuring, we should be treasuring God. Because regardless of what's happening in our lives, either personally or here in the church, God's saying, no, I'm here. I am your refuge. Don't forget that. And, you know, so I think for me, it, it's been challenging in that, okay, I can look at times even recently where that hasn't been my heart. And so I've had to say, you know, I've been having to say prayers recently of, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> I've... I've messed up. I haven't come to you when I've needed to. I haven't, I haven't treasured you. Yes, I acknowledge who God is. Yes, I believe he's important, that he's an important part of my life. But I cannot say day in and day out that I absolutely treasure God, that I cherish him, that I daily honor him with my life, that I revere him day in and day out. I would like to say I do. But I don't, because, again, I allow things to steal that. So we have an opportunity this morning to repent, right? We have an opportunity to say, okay, I see where I've messed up, right? Like the psalmist says, okay, God, my sins are before you. My lack of trust in you, my lack of, of faith in you, but carrying me through, God, I, I put that before you, and you know that. But I also know that in, that in reconciling that relationship, God will be there every single time. And so as we kind of transition our time to communion, right, this is pretty easy to, <laughs> to talk about communion with, right? We're talking about God. We're talking about an opportunity for us to come to the cross this morning and say, God, I've fallen short. I haven't treasured you like I need to. I haven't treasured your word. I haven't treasured your creation. I haven't treasured the hope that you've given me. God, I haven't, I haven't done these things. And God says, you're forgiven. Because of Jesus and the cross, God says, thank you. You're forgiven. Absolutely. Because that's the power of the cross. And without God... This means nothing, right? Without us having an opportunity for a relationship with God, there's no point for us even being in this room. We have no hope. 
And that's so special because God said, no, I want a relationship with you. I'm willing to let my son die on a cross just so that we can have a, a conversation. And so this morning as we take communion together, let's reflect on not just where we failed, right? Let's, let's not just sit here and, and, and beat ourselves up and like, oh, I messed up all this. All this. No, let's reflect on who God is and, and make a commitment that, no, I'm going to treasure God in my life every day. And I'm going to fail, but I'm going to go after it every day to truly treasure who God is and let that pour out into our relationships with each other and in the community around us. Man, let's pray. Good morning, Father. It is great to be here. It is great to come together and just spend time as a family. To think about you and, and to reflect, God, on who you are, that you are our refuge. You are our creator. You are God Almighty. And at this time, as we think about the cross, as we meditate on the cross and what that really means for us, God, all we can, all we can say is thank you. Thank you for loving us so unconditionally. Thank you for willing to sacrifice your only son so that we can be with you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for opportunity to repent. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your compassion. And thank you for your forgiveness. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Take heart. 